A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Rovers back for the first of a two-part Marvel Universe deep dive. Today, we're looking at episode five of Loki. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I hope someone can tell me more throg, frog of thunder stories for Big Squid. Welcome to the first of our two-part Marvel Universe podcast. Rove and I have already recorded both parts, and you'll hear the first one today, which is doing a really fun deep dive into episode five of Loki. Wow, there was a lot going on in that episode, and it was batshit crazy, which is just how I like my Loki. Uh, Then we have the Black Widow podcast coming up, which will tie into this podcast, specifically with a theory that I didn't want to drop here in case you haven't seen the new movie yet. I was going to place the Black Widow chat at the end of this podcast, but I know you're busy. I know you're doing things. And then if you kind of, I don't know, lose focus while you're doing something else and you're listening to the podcast and then suddenly you realize you've hit the bit that you don't want to listen to yet because you haven't seen the movie and then I've ruined the film and I don't want to be that person for you. So I split them up, put them on two separate podcasts so you can't make that mistake and hold it against me. So I'm releasing this podcast on the 10th of July and the Black Widow podcast on Monday which will be the 12th, to give you plenty of time to watch it on the Disney app or at the cinema, depending on where you are in the world at this moment. There's plenty to get into here today, so let's stop mucking around and discuss Loki. No one bad is ever truly bad. And no one good is ever truly good. I believe stupidly. You could 
be whatever you want to be. Even someone good. I have an exciting theory for you that I can't ask here because that's going to be a part of the podcast with Black Widow. So I'm doing a forward sell on the Black Widow podcast because there's a theory that ties in to this. It's a little forward sell. I I learned something from radio. That's what I'm trying to say. You can... I learned to get out. That was what I learned from radio. Um, so you could say that that uh, this this little idea of yours is sitting in the void, Hammer. It's yes. at the end of the time, this timeline, if you will. Yes, yes. Getting its fingers and rubbing them together with happiness. But my first okay. question that, to that, you that turned icky really quickly. Well, they're not like not like tapping. That's maybe not rubbing. Yeah, <laughs> fingers and rubbing. Let's. I've got I've got my finger up my ass and I'm excited. Um, <laughs> I'm just pushing so, against the perineum and uh, it's it's I'm nothing slipping strange. Slipping some hemorrhoids back in as in in thrill. Yeah, this is uh, this is how I spend a Saturday afternoon in lockdown. So, but my big question to you is: How badly do you want another season of Loki? But it just follows Richard E. Grant, Kid Loki, and the Alligator on adventures. <laughs> okay, this might be a controversial take early. I would watch that show if Kid Loki gets killed off very quickly. They haven't nailed Kid Loki look, for me. This was this was uh, look. I'll come in first with some very positive stuff. Richard E. Grant as, <laughs> as classic Loki, as we mentioned last week, just so give him that show. It's his. He's taken yeah. it. He put it in a bag. He's walked away with it. It is now his. He owns it. I know Tom Hiddleston is the Loki we all know and love. This series is based around him, but with one episode, Richard E. Grant went, no, this show is mine. He's urinated all over it. It's got his funk and his smell and his musk. It is his. Alligator Loki is my new favourite MCU (laughs) character of all time. So I'll get that to one side because we'll come back to those two, no doubt. Yeah. I just couldn't get into Kid Loki. And, man, I don't want to be throwing shade on a on a, a young man's desire to become an actor, but I just don't think the young gentleman playing the role was, was great. And I couldn't get over it because I thought, you've got so many options. You would, you've got, you're not after a look. You're not after someone who needs to be, look like a young Tom Hiddleston or, a, or anybody else. You've got plenty of options to audition was he the best because some of his lines and delivery and and things just and just wasn't wasn't strong enough for me and granted he's surrounded by great actors but the girl who played young sylvie last episode um who who's also been seen on shows like the the walking dead is where i know her from Right. Um, she plays young Judith and is amazing. Um, she's she's great. She only had one small scene, but she was great. Um, but yeah, I couldn't. And boastful Loki, the actor again was a bit borderline for me. But neither. But his character wasn't really, unfortunately, given as much as maybe everyone would have hoped, having seen him revealed last week. But yeah, kid Loki, he he would be. He's my Hawkeye. I'll be like halfway through the season, just going. <laughs> Oh, that's right. You're here too. Um, Do you want to be written out for an episode or a couple of films? We'll get by. (laughs) We'll be fine. You just stay there. 
<laughs> yeah, didn't quite buy it. But, yes, alligator Loki and classic Loki, I'm all in. I'm a bit frustrated with Kid Loki because uh, in the comics and there is a, there's a comic called Siege and in that there is the Void and in the comics the Void is a dark and inexplicable evil entity that is the dark side of the hero, the Sentry, and in Siege... That sounds like commercial radio. That's commercial radio. Yeah, absolutely. It all comes out when I least expect it. But the Void murders Loki in the comic, and that's how he's reborn as Kid Loki. And in the comic, Kid Loki is great because he it, it's it's the nature versus nurture storyline with that character, and mm-hmm. it's Thor, all everyone in Asgard going, get rid of that kid, and Thor going, no, but if we bring him up well, maybe mm. he'll be a better person, and it's him trying to be better but kind of against it, knowing what his future holds. And it's a little bit similar in, in regards to the storyline that the Tom Hiddleston Loki is going through. And, you know, that that one killed Thor was like, oh, well, I think you just, in one line, made him a little less interesting. And also, I just, part of me was like, well, I don't buy it. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that you did. Maybe, maybe if it was the frog version that I'm sure we'll come around to. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, but yeah, it was just, it was unfortunate. Not that the, again, much like boastful Loki, that the character wasn't given a whole lot to do, but yeah. even like him sitting on the throne and stuff like that, the idea that it's kid Loki's void and the rest of us are all just living in it. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't attach myself to that. It just, uh, he just didn't have, I know he was just lacking a little bit of something in the performance that made me able to connect with that, unfortunately. Whereas, uh, you know, Richard E. Grant's Loki or Kirby Loki, like obviously more powerful than ever (laughs) and so fantastic. I would just give me more of him. But even like his, so his first line was just uh, Loki uh, wanting to know what's going on, where are we, what's happening. And he just quickly says, this is the void. That's a life. Come on. And yep. you're like, great, I'm in. Whatever you need me to do, I'm there. You are the most ridiculously dressed of what <laughs> looks like an explosion in a Halloween shop. And, yet, you know, when there's a small child with a crown with wings on and someone else who is an actual alligator with <laughs> a little knobbly pair of horns on your head, yet you are the most ridiculously per- dressed person here, but the one that I will follow and I will do whatever you say. He, to me, felt like the leader of the group, but just, I mean, he brought so much depth and humour, um, even like the fact that he was the translator for Alligator Loki when yeah. he was like, oh, that's, um, there's a sound from Alligator Loki as boastful Loki telling his story about taking out all the Avengers. Yeah. And um, classic Loki turns and he says, oh, that's, that's Alligator for growling, which is a funny <laughs> line anyway. And he says, oh, and also for liar. Yeah, was like all of it just great, and the whole time it's in this wonderful, ridiculous costume of his. Yeah, and he also managed to hide from Thanos by pretending to be debris. <laughs> inanimate debris, specifically inanimate debris, none of that debris that's floating around. Yeah, <laughs> which would be it's, uh, which was interesting to think. Oh, okay, so is it suggesting that the Loki that we saw die? at Thanos's hand was that a similar is there any any possibility at all that it was a similar sort of conjuring idea right um 
that that maybe the Loki that we saw die wasn't Loki. It was just another um, illusion, which is a nice thought to have and and a question that I'll come around to later on. But um, I really, really also liked the idea that, again, classic Loki, the old school guys, the one like, what are you doing with swords? Why do we, ugh, swords are just... Yeah. You know, you young people today with your weapons, magic, old school power, that's the yeah. way to do it. And and it's a great point that, you know, the amount of times Loki, even when he has magic, our Loki is using it to create a harness on his back to put the little sword that kid Loki gave him. Yeah. So he's got a little sheath for it. When you go, yeah. if you're doing that, forget, you know, sheaths and piddly little tablecloth blankets that don't keep you warm, apparently. Conjure up something amazing that can take out a life, perhaps. It was a really wonderful thing just to sort of shut down any fans or new viewers to this world who'd be going, well, if you can just, why don't you just do, use magic, just magic your way out of everything. If you're Loki, just use your magic. It was a really nice way of, of making a nod to that, I thought. Yeah, it felt like uh, Tom Hardy needed to come along and say, you need to dream a little larger, darling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. But he was he was great. And even when um, uh, Loki, and whenever I say Loki without any kind of prefix beforehand, you know I mean the Tom Hiddleston one, I hope. That, yeah. So Loki's talking about, he's saying, hey, did any of you guys, have any of you guys met uh, a female Loki? And it was the classic Loki character that gave this shudder and went, oh, sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just little little things like that just tickled me the whole yeah. way, let alone this wonderful redemption arc he had. You know, you hear this really gutting story of how, you know, he almost, almost cowardly, you could argue, when our Loki has stood up to Thanos and it was to his own detriment, there he is, you know, being having his windpipe crushed. And yet the classic Loki went, well, I'll just create an, a, a version of myself while I hide. Yeah. Um, and when you got to think, you know, this is also the end of post-Ragnarok um, Loki, which is, has had a little bit of a redemption arc anyway. And so this idea that this classic Loki character is hidden, but then just gone off and sat on a planet by himself until he got lonely. Oh, yeah, it's and then, brutal. And then he started thinking, he started thinking, oh, geez, I wonder if anybody misses me because yeah. I miss them, especially my brother. And what a really telling thing for for any character, but the Loki character, character to put it out there. And then that's when he sticks his head up and then the TVA catches him. It was such a really sad story. And then him saying, oh, we're all useless and we're really just the god of outcasts. Yeah. Um, as he sips another uh, goblet of wine, and yet there he is at the end, the hero saving the day. I thought it was a wonderful little story arc for him encapsulated in one episode. And not just a goblet of wine, a goblet of wine that's come out of a Roxon cast. So, you know, it's, yeah, like, like, it's brutal. Is it like Aldi wine? Is this the, <laughs> the version? You must be drinking a cask of wine from Aldi. And let's, let's also point out that there's um, Alligator Loki, getting into that stuff at his little paddle pool. I don't know yeah. how much of that he's drinking is water, wine, and potentially his own piss. But, yeah. man, that's a life to be living. 
Yeah, he's, he's nailing it. <laughs> oh, poor uh, Richard E. Grant's uh, Kirby Loki feels like, thank goodness he's not here for lockdown. He'd be, he'd be ringing a lot of people. He'd be texting. Still in, still in the outfit too. Like still, still in the wear, outfit. Wearing the horns. Yeah. Still wearing the the cape that's w- like way too big. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all of that. Just you know, still hanging in there, even though he's long since given it up. Yeah. Um. And yeah, even to the point where he's he's he says that uh, that they're broken. Every every version of Loki is broken forever. It just sort of shows you this man who's just at the point of having given up. You go, yeah, I don't know if he could handle lockdown all that well. Yeah, no how think... how many great series there are to binge or, you know, you say get into online gaming, you can meet some lovely people. Yeah. You, can, you know, you can chat online to people and then, you know, shoot them if you don't like them. <laughs> yeah. That's how it that works. would probably. That if, would probably... If, you don't feel, if you're not feeling so violent, just play them in a kart racing game or something. It's all right. <laughs> I was wrapped that this episode gave uh, Sophia Di Ma- Martino Sylvie extra to do. Like, I felt like mm-hmm. she got some uh, new kind of beats to kind of perform. So I'm, I, I feel locked in with the character now. It's been a slow burn for me. But did anyone notice the smooth moves by Loki to make a cloak to cuddle up when they're both the children of Laufey the Frost Giant? Like, they don't feel the cold. Yeah. Is this. Like, has, is Heddleston's Loki been to the drive in and learnt that trick? <laughs> Because I had the same thought when his blanket came out. I was like, that does not look like it's going to be keeping you warm. You know, Um, just something with a bit more lamb's wool that breathes as well would be a nice idea. And then when she refers to it as like, is this a tablecloth? I was like, that's great. That's fantastic. And after last week mentioning how I had suspicions of, well, maybe Sylvie's your your big bad, um, I thought it interesting very much now, I thought, oh, okay, she's she's not. I don't, I don't, I don't think I need to be keeping that idea. I think if there was a heel turn to use wrestling parlance, that she suddenly turns bad on our low key. I think she was even saying, oh, can I trust you? You're gonna, are you gonna turn on me in the end here? Yeah, I don't think that was foreshadowing. I think it was a, a just as something that's just, again, them bonding. Because I think if either of them were to turn on the other at this point, I don't think that would be satisfying no. for any of us. It would be like the Mother of Dragons at the end of Game of Thrones. It's not a spoiler if you haven't seen it. Well, congratulations, you saved yourself one of the biggest disappointments in television history. Oh, but my yeah, God. yeah, just, uh, you know, a, a villainous turn that you don't see coming and don't want coming. Yeah. So I don't think that would happen at this point. But it did have me questioning i was probably going to get to this later but i I suppose now's the time do both our loki's being uh the sylvie version and the og version do they both make it out of this at the end and more importantly when they're talking about oh so what are you going to do when all this is over you yeah you're going to find a timeline to rule do you do you expect and is it important that the original Loki has to end up back in his his timeline? All right. So that is a really good question. And I just wanna I wanna get to that. I just wanna back up with one question before. Because sure. then I wanna get into that. Because I think that's a really sure. good question. I've been thinking about that a lot. So 
just let's before we do that, what a guessing game of who the big bad is, right? So I've got three names Ooh. for you. So let's yep. dig that into that. And so is it still Kang the Conqueror or Immortus? Because you know when we saw that castle, it looks kind of a little bit like Chronopolis, which is where Immortus yeah. lives. Could be you know. Doom. Doctor Doom's castle, but again, that's my second guess. I feel, I, I feel in both those cases, we've, we've been mentioning it a little bit over the last few weeks. I feel it's late in the game to suddenly throw in an A-list big bad. Yeah, out so of do nowhere I. when there's been there's been no hint of it. I mean, it could be, you know, the Renslag character suddenly pulls off her mask and says it was me all along. Yeah. But but even then you would have to say, but then who are you? Yeah. Um, I mean, we could always find out that there is uh, a, a Kang, let's say, yeah, who who's there at the end and, and we don't know who that is specifically, but obviously he will be coming back in some of the f- future films. So it's maybe just a carrot to dangle if you want to see how – or who this who this character is and what happens next, then go see Ant Man and the Wasp. But otherwise, I feel like that's that's a big swing. I I yeah. don't doubt that if that's what they wanted to do, they can pull it off. We had a lot in this episode and last week as well, so it's possible. But I don't think that's where they're going. So I I don't uh, disagree with that at all. I feel like this is going to be another version of Loki, and I reckon if it is going to be Kang, Kang will turn up a little bit like the after credit scenes of the Avengers. So maybe this version of Loki has been working with Kang. And so, you know, the story finishes and then you just get that little taste at the end that lets you go, oh, now I'm going to have to see Ant-Man and Wasp. To bring him in, as you said, to bring in Doctor Doom. Like, I kind of like the idea because he owns a castle. Maybe he's been living here and maybe this explains why the Fantastic Four haven't been around for decades. Uh, But... It's really late in the game and it would feel a little bit yeah. like it's come out of left field. The Kang the Conqueror, there's heaps of evidence which we'll talk about later, lots of Easter eggs that refer to him. So it feels like a, an after credit scene. But this gets back to your yes. original question about um, if this is a version of Loki. So what happens if we end up with a version of Loki who in, uh, you know, in the universe that Kid Loki killed Thor – and mm-hmm. ended up maybe this one is a, a new king. Like there's a king Loki, one who actually because we keep hearing that Loki's always lose, but in a vault multiverse where anything can happen, couldn't we have a Loki that defies the odds, lives, and ends up being a powerful ruler? And then what we could do is have a second season that doesn't need a Thor and Odin, but we bring back Sif and the Warriors Three and Heimdall, and we could make it a Game of Thrones style Marvel series with it always in the back of Loki's Ooh. mind that he might have to return to have his neck snapped, and that's why he's trying to. Keep Keep the timeline sacred. Well, because this is the yeah, one this, where this, he wins. This is the opposite yeah. of Doctor Strange. Ah, well, look, we have been saying that whoever is trying to keep this timeline pure, it's because it serves their benefit yeah. in the long run. This is this is their their one out of a million timeline where they end up with all of the toys at the end. So for it to be a Loki, and again. The the Loki that we know and love is quite villainous and and murderous, um, and cold hearted and untrustworthy. 
and not really capable of, of love and empathy and everything else that we've grown to love with the version that we know, it would make sense that there is that one at the end controlling all the timelines and, and pruning uh, yeah, any and all versions of him. Because they're now at this point, here we are in the void, there's a lot of things being dumped in there, but the one thing that I came away from the episode having a think about was yeah, but we're all we're all Lokis. Someone mentioned to me the idea of well, was Mobius one of them in disguise? Because yeah. you know, here's the big here's the big lineup, and you go, it's Loki. There's a Loki. There's a Loki. There's a Loki. There's a Loki, and there's Mobius. But um, I don't I don't buy into that idea. <laughs> you don't I want do Beach Bum Loki. Like, well, <laughs> beach Bum Loki. Sure, there there is. There has to be, I feel, there's a reason why it's all the Lokis that are being pruned. We've seen lots of characters coming into the TVA. When Loki first arrived, there was a guy. When Sylvie first arrived, there was a guy. Um, I'm trying not to make my brain force myself to think it was the same guy both times. Right. That there's, a, there's like a decoy person that gets dragged in whenever a Loki gets dragged in to go. It's not just you. Oh, we've got other people as well. Oh, this one just happens to have a hat. But, no, he doesn't look the same as the other guy. The other guy didn't have a hat. So how could it be the same guy? No, heaps. we're bringing in heaps of people, not just Lokis. But if we're in the void and it seems to be full of Lokis, it suggests someone wants all the Lokis tank taken out of the playing field. And who would want that more than the one Loki who wants it all to himself? Yeah. So I'm beginning to think that, yes, that's, that's where we sit at the end here. And that's, and he could be the guard dog of the guard dog. You could find out that it was Loki all along, but he was being manipulated somewhat or has done a deal with Kang and we can always find that as well. Yeah. So and the same thing with the with the Agnes reveal, you can still have a a, a big a boss, but it's maybe yeah. not the big, big boss that will come yeah. later. So I'd be I'd be happy with that and I think it would make sense. How's this for a mind blowing ending? With the we find out that King Loki is yes. the Tom Hiddleston Loki that we followed, the OG Loki and yep. they're in this place that's beyond time and space where he lives and he rules everything and everything's worked out for him. And he remembers this moment before the, the King Loki remembers this moment. And in this moment, he kills Sylvie to make sure that that timeline progresses. But Loki rebels and goes back to when he gets his next snap. So this Loki can't exist. And now we're just left with a Sylvie who is the new Loki as this kind of dark anti-hero who feels like she's always pushing against her nature that she's seen even play out in the best of the versions of her as a new character in the MCU. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Hopefully she'll get a new outfit because apparently the one she's wearing now is quite uncomfortable. That's what I read. Taking a long time to work that out. You know what? This isn't... This isn't conducive to running around in different timelines trying to stop versions of myself from existing. Yeah. Something more, maybe some active wear, something a bit more loose-fitting, some yeah. track pants or something, a, a comfy hoodie perhaps. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a, a real possibility because, um, again, Sylvie was taken when she was just a kid. According to her, yeah. she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. So, so that, that, could, that could make sense. 
and would make for a really lovely final episode too, where suddenly Sylvie's questioning um, the Loki that she's with. Well, were you in on this all along or yeah. not? Yeah. Um, and uh, and how you know was the idea that they would always get to the end anyway, and at the big reveal because she, you know, the, it was a brave move by her to to prune herself. So my thing that I'm still coming back to is the Renslayer character, so Ravona, she's she's obviously had been protective of the timekeepers. She yeah. was trying to stall uh, to try to catch um, to try to catch Sylvie. So she too could in some respects be you know some somewhat connected with the other the other end. Because yep. she said uh, and Miss Minutes, let's let's put her back on the table. Yeah. She's she's in on it. She yeah. was the one who was stalling when they were going, she was going through the files when it was Miss Minutes who suggested, Oh, what about the void spacecraft? We could get that. Hey, oh yeah, we've got that really awesome spacecraft thing. Wink, wink, wink. Yeah. Um, we should get that as oh, it's right at the back. It's so it's really hard to find. Any second now, I'm not really stalling for time. So that was her idea. So she's she's obviously sentient enough to be able to plot and scheme and stall for time while the while the other um hunters the other minutemen arrived to to grab sylvie and then also later on when they were in the corridor and renslayer said to miss minutes i need uh, all the history um that uh, that we have on the timekeepers and the tva and miss minutes says oh that's a very tall order and renslayer says well i need to warn whoever created this place that they are in danger and that's when Miss Minute says, oh, I'm on it. Like suddenly, yeah. oh, okay, well, if this affects my bosses, well, then yeah. suddenly I can make this happen. And then there's a little smirk from Renslayer as Miss Minutes leaves. So you sit there going, okay, Mobius is back. He's got his, his temp pad. So he's back, presumably. So back at the TVA, it's now him and Renslayer. Will they be side by side as Renslayer about to turn out to be the biggest inside job since... I don't know, Severus Snape and Harry Potter. I don't know. Right. But there's, there's uh, <laughs> you know, this whole time where we're like, no, nah, she's still bad. She's still bad. Oh, I knew you couldn't trust her, Sylvie. What were you doing when she said, do you trust me? My God, don't give her the temp pad. What are you doing? Yeah. Turns out maybe this whole time she too, like Mobius, is going to bring this thing down from the inside. I'm really interested to know. But Miss Minutes is definitely knowing more than she's letting on. I don't think she's the big bad. But I'm very, very interested not only with hap- with what is to come beyond the void, but what's still to come back at the TVA as well. Yeah, I'm not trusting uh, Ravona at all. I don't think she's been duped. I, I, I wasn't buying any of that. I felt like she was just playing along until she got a, a position that worked in her favour. I really enjoyed that character too because of it. Yeah. Yeah, and she she commanded her scenes this episode yeah. too. Um, I was really, really excited with with all that was revealed and I was glad that she didn't suddenly turn good guy so yeah. quickly because that that wouldn't have made sense to me. Yeah. Um, well, we've got that with Mobius. So like, we don't yeah. need it with her as well. So what's interesting now is like, okay, well, we know with Mobius coming back, it's like his character's almost had this, quasi-religious experience of 
I I believe in this greater power, this higher being that's or beings that are in charge of everything, and we just trust that it is what it is. And part of having faith is believing when there's not necessarily any proof. Here he is; he's essentially crossed over to the great beyond, and now he's about to come back. Like if you've if you've had a near death or come back from the afterlife experience like he's probably the most powerful guy left in the show at this point right he goes back to the tva he's like what are you gonna do yeah fucking prune me you know what's that a big purple fucking angry cloud dog skeleton dog face thing yeah there's a crocodile with a hat that's what i know lies beyond (laughs) <laughs> prune me again and I'll just go have cast wine with an alligator with a fucking party hat on. Yeah. <laughs> and and what you think I'm you think I'm lying? Well I've been there, mate. Do your worst. Yeah. I Maybe was he driving takes a, I was driving a pizza truck. I was yeah. driving a pizza truck. Yeah. So so him back now with an axe to grind at the TVA is a really interesting character. I I really I don't think that was our goodbye. I think we get to no. see what happens there as well. There's there's still a lot to be cleaned up in yeah. uh, in in the TVA itself, and I really look forward to him coming back and just setting the place alight and how, and, and how he does it. Yeah, and I kind of bought the the moment where they hugged it out as well. Like even though there is a part of you that thinks. Uh, Feels feels a bit early for a bit of a hug. I, I feel like the acting's been so superb between the two of them, and that's that's uh, you know I would have been quite happy with a couple of extra episodes to watch them hang out a little bit more before we got to that because they've been great. Well, in their time, I'm you think was well, it been three days? Maybe yeah, <laughs> maybe. Like how? Like in their time, is it? It hasn't been. Yeah, it's been five, nearly six weeks for us. Yeah, we can believe that, but for their time, I'd be going. Yeah, I think it's maybe only been like two days, maybe. Yeah, well, it does feel yeah, like maybe lockdown they don't time. Know themselves, you know. <laughs> You, you know, like I, I had someone get in touch with me Man. that I was like, "Oh, yeah, sorry, I was going to return your call," and then looked and was like, "The last time they'd contacted me it was like four months ago." I was like, "Oh, sorry, that honestly felt like a week ago." Yeah, who who didn't make good friends with a pot plant while they're in lockdown? We've all had yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Happened. Yeah. <laughs> so lots of Easter eggs. Uh, some are interesting to dig yes. into. Some are you know a little bit whatever, but. Um, I love that this episode was called Journey into Mystery, which for people who may not know mm-hmm. is the name of the comic that Thor first appeared in back in 1962 uh, when the lame physician, Donald Blake, <laughs> found a stick and thought, I'll smack it against the wall. Psst, ah, I'm Thor. Why not? Um, <laughs> it's made every stick I've picked up really disappointing ever since. Um, <laughs> there is uh, This is interesting. There is a shot of Stark Tower, but it is named Kang, I think. Q-E-N-G. This is a reference. Q-E-N-G. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a reference to an Avengers comic where Kang enterprises by the tower from Stark, and that's revealed that Kang is in charge of the company. I kind of feel like that fits in with our theory. He'll be an after-credits cameo. Yeah, and I think sometimes there's, um, there's little nods to things, you know, like 
frog thaw again. That was another one of ah! the little Easter yeah. eggs things in, yeah. in the jar with um, T365 on it, which is the issue number of Thor that that, um, that that character appeared in. Done in that really wonderful Simpsons way, like the Simpsons yes. that, that now stylized almost trope that the Simpsons do where they pan across you yeah. know, a building from one room to another and, like, I think in, even in, like, the school in Springfield Elementary or in the Simpsons' house and as it pans through, it, it goes through a wall and you see this buried treasure in there or something or <laughs> it'll pan down through the ground and you'll just see, like, you know, someone who's digging their way to freedom or something and just missed out on coming out to the surface. It was a very Simpsons-esque joke that sort of panned yeah. down and the Milmere and then and then there's little... Uh, Frog thaw. I didn't realize that's what it was initially in the in the jar. I had to go back a couple of times, and then the internet let me know what was going on. Um, <laughs> no, um, I, little I, nods I, like that are like, yeah, we're not we're not going to say that we're going to have a whole episode around that character, but yeah, there was quite clearly a lot of fan service here. Now, whether the Kang thing is to just satiate that theory from people, or or whether it is just. Uh, planting of the seed it's it's we'll never really know although of course kang has been announced as as coming as a character but yeah but whether it's in this series or not i guess is is still to be revealed throg is such a funny character i was reading walt simonson's run on thor when throg came about and so that was a <laughs> that was like a three month like that was three issues and that was back when they came out monthly <laughs> and it was like yeah. <laughs> there's a there's the uh the issue where he finally picks up Mjolnir and he's, you know, the massive uh, frog with the, all of the powers. And it was such a funny, yeah. uh, you know, no, no, it was such a funny run. And it sounds as ridiculous as it is until yeah. you think, who didn't, who wouldn't say that Alligator Loki was one of their favourite characters to date? <laughs> Man, the fact that they pulled that off. I, yeah. was, I was wondering last week whether we would hear him, whether he would talk. Yeah. And this was better. And I was... I was so pleased when he didn't. There was a scene when I think it was boastful Loki saying, um, uh, Loki says, I'll get it, get the temp pad and we can just zap our way back out of here. And uh, boastful Loki says, oh, yeah, because they're all just lying around in this universe, aren't they, guys? The most important thing that could free us. Of course, they're just lying around. And they all say, so, ha, ha, ha from him. There's a big ha, ha, ha from Kid Loki and a massive ha, ha, ha from Classic Loki. And then they just cut to Alligator, Alligator Loki, whose little one of his two sets of eyelids that they have. Yeah. Um, just goes across his eyes. And they <laughs> would. there's a couple of times where they did that, where they just cut to him. Like they get everyone's reaction and they cut to him and he just swallows or blinks and yeah. it was brilliant comic timing. I just loved it. But yes, yeah, um, look, maybe there's a series in him and, and Frog Thor going toe to toe. You know, that's um, you know we've seen the uh, the trailer for the What If series, so you can do it yeah. as a cartoon. Like now, you know, yeah. Do, do some uh, do some ones that kind of get the idea of What If up and running, and then. In your second season, that's when you go crazy and you go Throg versus Loki Alligator, you know. Well, that's the, that's the amazing part of all this at the moment is because uh, I was thinking, oh, yeah, that would be a good thing they could do now that they know how popular this character was. But then you realise, well, the What If series has been done well before, you know, animation yeah. takes so long to get done. So, of course, that's already been done. You just forget. 
And same thing with this, you go, oh, well, maybe the Kang nod is to help just calm all those people who have been just Kang, Kang, Kang since day one. But you forget, no, this has been done. This has been shot and edited yeah. a long time ago. Last year, this is nothing to do with the week to week. They're not making this on a weekly basis for our benefit that they chop and change uh, to to please our whims and our theories. They didn't just go, let's dump a whole bunch of fan wank into the penultimate episode for all those people who've been theorizing all week. They knew that this was going to happen. Yeah. So the big thing is like the reveal for whoever or whatever it is for next week has already happened. It's already been shot. It's already been through a thousand edit suites and and color grading uh, laptops and whatever else that I love the fact that I certainly at an early glance of stuff when I go looking not for spoilers, but just, you know, just to sort of see if there's anything I missed in the episode. I, I haven't heard anything I haven't heard any big spoilers. So I'm, I'm actually quite pleased by that. Oh, it yeah. still feels like it's a surprise for whatever it is. It's, it's there and it's waiting for us. It's really exciting. Yeah, it might be Boner from WandaVision. Turns out he was Kang all along. <laughs> um, so Alioth is a real character from the comics. He's more sentient in uh, in the you know the Marvel comics, uh, and Kang created yeah, a barrier and, and not as well realized. He really yeah. is just a cloud with a face. So yeah. Um, yeah, I liked I liked the way he was kind of represented here with that sort of skull face coming out. It felt like there was some lost references in this episode as well because uh, Alioth looked and sounded oh, a lot there was like a Smokey. Hatch? No, because he sounds like Smokey. Right. He's got okay. the same clicking thing. Look, and the hatch. <laughs> Look, um, there was a, there was a. You and I talked about it after the fact last week. I didn't, I didn't want to um, bring it up at the time uh, because it's one of my least favourite sort of tropes. Is the, the what you can't see on camera. Oh yes, is outside the field of vision of the character. Uh, oh, sorry, outside of the field of vision of the viewer yeah. is endowed upon the character as well. And the example I use is The Walking Dead, uh, the show about zombies that is yeah. uh, renowned for someone creeping through somewhere, a forest or an abandoned building, and it's tight in on their faces and they just go to round a corner and then <gasps> there's a zombie there that's been hiding quietly. <laughs> Yeah, it suddenly springs to life when that's not what zombies do as set up by this show. They lumber and they stagger around and they're hissing and growling the whole time. So used as one of those tropes of just scaring you is this idea that it's just around the corner and this character couldn't see. My one last week was um, the Renslayer character before she uh, prunes Loki, sneaks up behind him, the idea that Sylvie would have missed that because she was too busy looking at him. This week... I couldn't let it go after last week. I was like, okay, that's all right. But this week, like, he opens the hatch, he looks around like, that's interesting, and then looks up and then he's like, oh, oh, there's there's another version of me with a whole bunch of an evil horde around him. Like, no, as soon as the, you open that hatch, there's no, oh, there's the lovely sky. And, oh, come yeah, on, I didn't yeah. see you there. Yeah. Throng of, of, of uh, would-be assassins. Yeah. So that was one of those little things. I was like, oh, I just, I don't like it when, when directors do that. Um, that's just one of those things for me. But, uh, yeah, so that reveal was interesting. I love the way... Of all the Lokis we have seen, 
and and I never really knew if it was an alternate timeline, like you're not in the trailer, but this this president Loki, some people thought it could be, you know, he was a mayor maybe because he's got mm. the vote Loki, which again a nod to there was an actual comic book based yeah. on that. From 2016, um, he was in. The, he was in the trailer, obviously. So he was one of those characters everybody's waiting for. Everybody's waiting for. And what I loved is that one of the the big giveaways that Marvel and Disney Plus have given for this series was a character that was really quite inconsequential, and he kind of came in with all this pomp and circumstance, and then it was kind of gone in a heartbeat when Alligator Loki took his hand off and he started <laughs> screaming like a small child. I loved all of that. Yeah, I loved it. I love that they've going you know what you can have that you know why because he's unimportant fantastic and uh, another reference that marvel likes to do it's like the shout out they do to star wars because um they can they've been having characters losing hands in so many of their movies and their uh tv shows it's uh, it's a funny little shout out to star wars all the time um the arcade reinforces Little little alligator Loki being such a badass too. Oh yeah, like you know, no, every time you saw him, him, he will he was mate, he will tearing people cat. apart. Yes, <laughs> he will take your hand and then eat your cat. Doesn't have a problem. By accident could yeah. be the wrong cat, wrong yeah. neighbor's cat. Yeah, but he'll do it, mate. He doesn't care if he branches out. Half drunk on his, half drunk on a shandy of box wine and his own piss. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not messing with that guy. Um, the arcade cabinet behind uh, Loki yes. is Polybius, which isn't yes. a real game. It comes from a very real urban legend that surfaced in the early 2000s about a video game invented by the government as psychoactive experiments that ran through the 1980s. It was meant to be in. Portland somewhere. Um, how would you hide your secret uh, experiments? Like setting them up as an urban legend. Like if you wanted to do some secret experiments and saying it's an urban legend, it's yeah. a smart move, right? This is one of those ones. I heard this on a podcast years ago. Yeah. The story of this apparent, you know, haunted or government mind control video game. So it was only ever apparently in one arcade, like you said, in Portland. Yeah. And any kids who, like, I think it was like the 80s or something, and any yeah. kid who played it, it was so addictive that you had to go back and play it again and play it again and uh, and it was causing fights between kids because they wanted every every time they played it, they just wanted to play it again and they wouldn't wait. And it was, you know, and if you ever played it, you'll be addicted to this game for life. And it was only ever in this one shop. Very spooky. And the story being that it was the government testing mind control through this arcade game. Yeah. So it was a wonderful story. You know, it's, it, I think it's long been since debunked anyway. But the yeah. fact that there was that, um, we had the... Um, USS Eldridge, which oh, is yeah. the famous Philadelphia experiment, this naval ship that apparently was was made invisible by the government yeah. and, again, being completely debunked. Um, That's I'm a conspiracy the, the theory from flying, the 50s. Yeah. yeah. The crashed flying saucer I was hoping would be a little bit of a Roswell nod as well. Right. And don't forget, we had D.B. Cooper, Loki as D.B. Cooper, yeah. back in episode one. Yeah, So great. this idea of all these kind of myths and legends and stuff being rolled up in the in the Loki universe, I thought has been something for me that's been really uh, cool. It's a, it's a wonderful little um, idea by the writers to go, hey, why don't we take all these little things 
and say that they've all been taken out because that's and that's why that they're weird urban myths or something is because they got yanked out of timelines and put in the void or whatever their explanation for it is. But what a wonderful little device to have! I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, and, it's uh, been tasty. Yeah, um, Polybius game was uh, was a real highlight. Yeah, that was a highlight for me as well. That's such a uh, a tasty urban legend when you first hear about it. Worth uh, looking into, and so, uh, so was the. Um, the uh, Philadelphia experiment, that's a fun one to dig mm. into when you have more time. Um, the Thanos copter is a real thing in the comics. Yes, it, of course. It of comes course. from a story in Spidey Super Stories, which is aimed at younger children. I think uh, goes up against Hellcat trying to get the cosmic cube and a kid gets it and um, makes ice cream. So that shows you how important Thanos copter is. <laughs> It was nice to see, and the fact that he did have one, like it looks really cheesy, but yeah. you know, not as cheesy as like. Honestly, go look it up because it's it looks exactly like that helicopter. Yeah. It does have his name <laughs> on it, and he's hanging out of it. You think Batman's got his Batmobile, and uh, Wonder Woman's got her invisible jet, but yeah, Thanos had had helico- had a helicopter with his name <laughs> on it, guys. That's. You know, they weren't all cool all the time. It wasn't always post-2000 superheroes. Oh, man. It's funny because – and it's also just that weirdness of saying, yeah, the Thanos copter existed, but it existed in a comic that was for kids as opposed to those comics that are for grown-ups. the, I love the, seeing um, the what looked like the head of the Living Tribunal yes, as well, which yep. is kind of a bit of a – I for me, this is like the Kang thing. This is one of those things that I think is there to go. We're referencing this character who is kind of like a timekeeper-type character. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know the history of it. So the idea that, yeah, this, you know, controller of all things, time and space and everything else. Well, he safeguards uh, the multiverse like a, in the comics. That's his job. Yes. So, so this, ver- like, it looks like a statue of of the head. Yeah. Uh, as as the um, Elias cloud was coming through at one point, I think was their way of saying we're putting we're putting this out there as a we are acknowledging this character as so you guys don't have to worry about um, it coming up at the end. We've ticked that right. box. That's not that's yeah. not on the table for a potential big bad at the end of this but we are referencing yeah we 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 acknowledge that this character is around i thought that was a really cool one as well yeah that was a great one it was and the uh, yellow jackets helmet from uh ant-man yeah which uh, there's been the suggestion yeah. that maybe the quantum world the void the cosmic timeline are all one and the same so that's uh that's an interesting you sure. know it's Might also a little bit of down. what props have we got lying? What props have we got lying around from some oh, of the yeah. movies that we haven't? You know, yeah. It's like Ronan the Accuser's ship was in there as well. Yeah, um, from well, uh, Guardians, and so I was like, okay, well, that's just like, yeah. What else have we got? We got have we a shield her- helicarrier. You know, there was a bro- yeah, you know, one of those. Uh, Kid Loki is drinking Ecto Cooler, which was a citrus drink tie-in for the real Ghostbusters cartoon from the 80s. And it was so popular, right. it lasted until 2001. I didn't know that. What? Yeah. Lasted all Jeez, that time. Well done. Yeah. Um, and the vanity plate on the pizza car is a shout-out to Marvel writer and editor Mark Grunewald, who created the TVA, and the character of Mobius was created to look like Mark. And then also the car looks like a shout-out to the pizza planet truck that has appeared in the yes, Pixar movies. Yes, I, I, when I saw the, the pizza car, there, there was a oh, – I questioned whether that was a pizza planet nod or not. Yeah. I wouldn't Well, you've got Lightning minded. McQueen driving it. 
Well, that's what I was going to say. I wouldn't have minded when uh, when they've done the big spin around with the car to go back towards the Elioth cloud and Mobius has floored it. I wouldn't have minded a little bit of a ka-chow from oh, yeah. it. I guess that was <laughs> a bit too meta. That would have been amazing, though. Um, well, we've only got one more episode to go, so I'm I'm pretty pumped for it. Yeah, I think uh, I I think I'm going to be happy. I don't I, I I'm trying to think of what they could do that would would make me unhappy, and I I'm not I don't think it's I, I can't think of what it could be, um, even if it's not fully explained. I've just enjoyed the journey uh, yeah. of of the show. Um, episode three, notwithstanding. Um, and I feel it's going to be, there's going to be a lot. Let's also remember that this is a streaming service. And so how long will the episode be? Could be over an hour. Who knows? Yeah. It's, they're not really bound by time slots. So we could get a little bit more. And yeah, what will be, will there be a post credit stinger? It's safe to say there probably will be. Yeah. Um, whether it's whether they come back and adjust it in a couple of months' time because the trees aren't right, we will find yeah. out. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. There's there's enough questions left to be answered. At the same time, I'm just happy to enjoy the journey of where the characters will end up as well. And, you know, all hail the one true king alligator loki but i'm 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 excited for for where this ride is going to end up and and whatever the reveal of who's controlling everything will be i think is going to be a a fun surprise um you know whether whether it's going to be satisfying for everybody is is you know another another question and another conversation but uh, quite clearly they know where they're headed and 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 i think it's going to be a great finale. I'm, I'm yeah. quite happy to to build up my expectations for this one. And when you come back for the Black Widow podcast, I will tell you my theory that ties into this episode as well. Can't wait <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> Thank you to Rove for the fun deep dive. <laughs> much going on you have to look up thanos helicopter it is glorious and you'll be also surprised at um how on the money it looks in that episode of loki anyway hilarious he'll be back with our next episode on monday night where we discuss black widow and i bring something i learned from this episode of loki to form a new theory on where this might all be going by the way we recorded this on a saturday afternoon i hadn't spoken to anyone and i told rove my theory and he was a bit like wow where did that come from and then uh, at some point today while i was recording i just checked my phone got my google app and lo and behold by algorithms, by random, by coincidence, there was a news article on a, on a nerdy website that was suggesting the same thing, and I love it. I'm like, ooh. I'm not saying I'm being clever, clever. I'm just saying I feel like I'm noticing the breadcrumbs that are being laid out for us. But anyway, that will all be on the next podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe or leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use. 
uh, word of mouth is probably the best way to uh, bring new people in to listen to this. So if you don't mind suggesting us or recommending us to anyone that you think would enjoy what we're doing over here, that would be really appreciated. As with all of the Loki episodes of this podcast, we've been finishing with specific Loki quotes. This one is from author Rick Riordan in his book, The Ship of the Dead. A little secret, Magnus. There is no good and evil. There's only capable and incapable. I am capable. Until then. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey. It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.